Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Frog Snacks podcast. We are back after our uh, Thanksgiving hiatus. Um, lots of food was consumed. Lots of food was consumed. How was your Thanksgiving, by the way? Good? It's very good. Like I said, lots of food was consumed. Yeah, when I ask people how their Thanksgiving is, my I, I just hope they say good and don't elaborate on anything. Like, if, if nothing bad happened, it was a good Thanksgiving. So, like, just good is, is like, a an okay answer. But yeah, I think I feel like part of the reason Thanksgiving in general kind of went downhill in people's mind is that it's a very like there's not a lot interesting that can happen, right? <laughs> like you had yeah, dinner. right. Like it's 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 like uh, you know you eat the thing that you're supposed to eat, and then you watch the thing that you're supposed to watch, and then that's it. Like you you may encounter speed bumps, you know, family to family, but like I don't know, it's definitely fallen on the. Uh, on the uh, holiday power rankings, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, it's it's below it's below Fourth of July for sure. Oh, you absolutely! Because at least Fourth of July, you can say, "Hey, we could watch people burn shit with fireworks." Yeah, and as adults, it's starting to get below like Labor Day and Columbus Day. You know, ouch! I, I think it might be. I think it might be because I have a whole theory of like holidays, but oh, we'll save that for like a yeah, special event. So do I, but there, it's it's. Not really. We'll get way we'll get way too far off topic if we start talking about why I think one holiday is better than the other holiday. Today's uh, podcast holidays. <laughs> holidays. Okay. Uh, but uh, in our uh, in our absence, in our one week absence, there was uh, this actually came out two days ago or yesterday. Yesterday, I think. But um, you know, we've been we've been sort of following the uh, the like. Future, the futurism of Nintendo, like what they, what we think is going to happen, what we know is going to happen with their new system, and um, you know, d- just general directions that they're going in. Uh, they had announced that they were going to do some sort of unified account system, whether it was going to be attached to my Nintendo or whether it was just going to be my Nintendo. Period. We we weren't sure. They uh, they announced that it has dropped in Japan already. So it's it's out in Japan. You you have a 3DS and a Wii U in Japan, uh, or at least the, the Japanese Wii U or the Japanese 3DS. You can somehow connect these devices. Uh, it's actually pretty robust, as a matter of fact. They yeah, did go into a little detail during it, that last press conference. Yeah, if you want to share how exactly it works, because I, I really, uh, I, I, was, I, I didn't read too much into it. Well, the the basis of it is is that they basically said if you have an internet account for any major service, you can link it to Nintendo. Starting with, of course, your Nintendo Network ID, right? Facebook, Google, all that stuff. You can link it to your Nintendo account, and that's going to be a thing that follows you across basically all the devices that a person may own in 2015. Uh, Of course, the purpose for this, I'm more than certain is that as they roll out their mobile strategy, remember the whole point of the mobile strategy is to get to ferry people back toward buying, you know, their dedicated handhelds and consoles. Definitely. So I'm sure that somewhere down the line, uh, if not right off the bat with Mitomo, we don't know much about that game yet. Right. uh, There's going to be some kind of derived benefit you can get in the mobile arena that will carry over to, you know, the dedicated arena and who knows if it doesn't work the other way around. Right. And this is, you know, this is a uh, classic Nintendo, just like very carefully, um, you know, moving its way into the current generation, uh, but doing it in a 
much more deliberate fashion and oftentimes a more successful fashion. So I would imagine that, um, you know, once, once we get more information on the mobile games, it'll all be part of this system and it will work out pretty well. Yeah. And there's a, there's another wrinkle to it too, which is that eventually it's also going to fold into the my Nintendo you're thinking before is, um, I believe is what's going to be the successor to club Nintendo. Right. Which was the rewards program. And they, exactly. And they, which did, they said they're going to roll that out next year. Right. Now that is super exciting to me yeah. because I remember that uh, Mr. Awada before he died spoke a little bit about it to say that they wanted to make it something a little more ambitious than club Nintendo was. People love club Nintendo for all the crazy physical, rare physical stuff that you could get. You know, people get about collectibles. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, um, a, uh, DS game case from mm-hmm. Club Nintendo. Uh, yeah, they had like you could get like the cool. Hanafuda cards. At yeah, one point, you get that. Yeah, yeah, a couple of uh, posters, uh, limited edition um, 3DS cases, all that stuff. Yeah, I got cool. the Sm- I got the Smash Brothers posters, which are really, really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there was a bunch of cool physical stuff you could get. But I think that um, what Mr. Wada hinted at was that eventually they wanted to do something. That would, I think, tie a little closer to not only that, but also to what sort of what they did with, I don't know if you remember the deluxe digital promotion for the Wii U, which I absolutely love. No. Oh, God, you probably didn't get to take advantage of it. So up until the end of last year, if you bought any digital content on, like once you bought a Wii U, right? Yeah. You could link your Nintendo account to the digital promotion thingy. And anytime you bought... Uh, um, something off the eShop, Nintendo would give you back, I believe it was 10%. And you could, those accrued, of course, and turned into points that you could then actually exchange as eShop credit. Right. Which I I used, actually, to basically pay for, because I bought a lot of stuff off the eShop. Yeah. So I, and I believe, actually, once you linked your account to it, the 3DS stuff carried in there, too. So I end up using the um, the balance I got off of the deluxe digital promotion to end up buying Bravely Default. I know I paid for with that, and I think I also used part of it on uh, on Mario and Luigi Dream Team. Okay. So yeah, you got a. You, it was a pretty decent thing, and I think that's kind of the thing they're going to be looking to. Actually, as a matter of fact, they are because I forgot that they are basically doing the same thing right now in Japan. Right, where it's uh, like uh, you get out like, of this new system. You get like uh, however many yen back for however yeah. I think many it yen was you if spend. you spend it for every thousand, you get a hundred yen back. Right, which yeah, so it's ten percent. Um, I love uh, yen. I wish we had no other denomination. <laughs> so it was like I don't because don't forget that the yen is like ridiculously uh, crazy in scale compared to our system. <laughs> Right, that's why I like it. Like, I wish I <laughs> wish we didn't have like uh, dollars and pennies or, or or anything. Like, I wish it was just like I wish the dollar was only in very small increments. Like, I wish the quarter was like our only like a twenty five cent note was like our only uh, like uh, legal tender, so that things could cost like thirty thousand dollars, but it would be like a a TV or something. And it would make sense. Like that's the best thing about yen is that everything is just ridiculously 
not things aren't in uh, like in as far as conversion rate, rates more expensive, but they only have like small denominations, so everything costs like a million yen. They did a, they did that thing on the uh, on the Simpsons where they made fun of it. They that episodes where the Simpsons go to Japan, and they uh, they were like uh, Marge was all freaking out. She's like, "We're down to our last million yen," and like I don't know, it was funny. Like I like that. I wish we did that. Well, I can tell you, I just actually looked it up. The uh, the current exchange rate, every U.S. dollar is one hundred twenty three point forty six yen. Yes, that's what I want. <laughs> I want I want one dollar to be one hundred and twenty three. Uh, like the fraction of that, I want to pay. I want to pay uh, nine hundred dollars for lunch. <laughs> you know, like that's I, an interesting concept. I, <laughs> Though you just reminded me of something that was really annoying because remember the stupid um, Microsoft point system. Yes, uh, how very, annoying! Very stupid. Very stupid. Just purposely to obfuscate uh, the actual cost of goods. For what purpose? I don't know, especially given that most things cost one of two prices. Right. And well, the, the, the biggest problem wasn't to obscure cost. I think, I think the whole, uh, I think all of the the trickery around it was, um, that you could only buy points, but you were, you could never buy like, they, they only bundled points. So if something cost 1600 points, you couldn't buy sixteen hundred points. You could only buy two thousand points. So, uh, yeah, so they in effect end up holding your money, right? I mean, you still have those points left over. You still have those four hundred points left over, but they, uh, you know, it, it would end up working where like, oh, the four hundred points were useless until you bought more points. But then you would still have points. You would always have points left over. So you could like you your change was effectively being withheld from you. Uh, you know, for infinity, but they, yeah, well, that's that's what I mean by they hold your money, and they right the hope one they hold your money to play with, and two they ultimately hope that pe- uh, a certain percentage of people will never claim that you know small bit of change, and well, they, it, it's very skeevy. Well, they they eventually uh, I think transferred all of it. Oh so, yeah, they, yeah, they eventually. So it's it's not an issue anymore. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, anyway. Is that nonsense? So, so this news, uh, this Nintendo news broke, and I thought to myself, "This is cool. I, I, this, it's about time." You know, I've always owned multiple Nintendo consoles. You know, I've always had the handheld and and the console, and you know, I. But one of the things that uh, the the like uh, pipe dream I went on when I when I saw that this is actually becoming a reality is something that Nintendo's kind of been avoiding, uh, uh, very much been avoiding for, uh, about 10 years now. And I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about an achievement system now. Bom, bom, bom. Yeah. So like uh, achievements at this point are sort of just ubiquitous. Um, standard issue. Yeah. Standard issue. You get, you, you know, you, you get, um, some sort of account that you tie to a console um, you do things in the game, uh, you are awarded points or trophies or whatever for any kind of random thing that you do in the game, mm-hmm. uh, entirely up to the developer. And this is put in this like, uh, public, um, 
it's it's sort of translated into some sort of uh, like public trophy case, whether it's whether it's uh, your like Steam rank, whether it's your gamer score for Xbox, or whether it's your your trophies and your like trophy level uh, for PlayStation, right? Steam two, huh? Steam two. Yeah, I said uh, Steam uh, Steam rank. Oh yeah, hello. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. Nintendo Nintendo has uh, has avoided this concept entirely. I actually did a uh, a little bit of research on this because I thought, okay, this is cool. This is something that might actually happen, right? So right. I, uh, I I looked it up, and uh, shortly before the release of the 3DS, um, Nintendo was asked specifically. Uh, Bill was asked specifically. What what's your deal with achievements? It's 2011. Achievements have been around uh, since like 2006. What is the 3ds going to have achievements? Right. And uh, he basically said um, it's not going to have achievements, uh, but it is not because we here at Nintendo are uh, morally morally opposed to it in any way. What we are opposed to is, quote, telling people how to play their games. So I guess that was the, uh, the issue, is that they felt, and this was, this was um, I think, probably one of the biggest uh, like points of dissension when, when uh, achievements started to become a thing, was that, okay, uh, you know, people are doing this, people are doing these random things in games that they wouldn't normally be, be doing because they're being rewarded with it by with some intangibles, right? Right. So I guess that that was Nintendo's uh, biggest hesitation was that we don't want people to play their games the way that the the game developer is telling them to do it for some you know uh, arbitrary reason, right? Um, Which is kind of strange. This is one of those moments where Nintendo makes a decision that is kind of like not necessarily super consequential, but it's kind of like really. <laughs> yeah, because it, um, the whole thing with achievements is that at the end of the day, you don't have to give a crap about them. Like, I no. never care about achievements in a game mm-hmm. unless I happen to look and see that I have all but like two. And I say, OK, well, let me see if I can get the last two just to finish it out. Yeah. Like, you don't you don't ever have to pay attention to it. You don't. And uh, but the thing is, is that your achievements are public, so there's this uh, there's this community incentive to to do a lot of them, right? All right. So I uh, I actually wanted to to dedicate a little bit of time talking about achievements in general because they're a pretty fascinating thing, and we've never really talked about them. Sure. And like you said, they're standard issue. They're they're everywhere. Uh, achievements are just part of uh, video game everything now like yeah you can't you can't really avoid it it's been around for about 10 years now um well much longer but in the the current iteration of what we uh see as an achievement uh, and i'm using i'm using achievement which is the the microsoft terminology for this concept uh only because they uh popularized them in their current iteration right the modern the modern era of the achievement is was spearheaded by Microsoft. So, uh, but I did a little bit of research and I, I I found some pretty interesting things. Right. So the uh, the first instance of a um, of a developer telling you to do something and then you being rewarded for it in game mm-hmm. was uh, back in 1982. 
Um, yeah. So uh, there were some old Activision games where if you were to uh, – and, and you would get the booklet with the game, right? Right. And if you were – it said in the booklet, if you get this high score, right? If you get a high score of at least this, um, take a picture of it with your, uh, you know – $6,000 camera because it's 1982, <laughs> your, right? Your crappy $6,000 camera. Yeah, your crappy $6,000 camera. Take a picture of it. Get it developed, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right? God. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's so ridiculous. Like, I was reading this article and I was like, oh, it sounds simple enough. And then I had to, like, remember. Oh, you had this to was, go back to 1982. I had to get back in the Wayback Machine. I had to go in the Wayback Machine, turn it on, and think, like, oh, my God. Like, in 1982, to send somebody a picture was a pretty involved and costly process. Right? You couldn't even it was it was uh it was a laundry list of errands basically. Like you had to one own a camera, which by the way, I was born in 1989. There are no pictures of my birth because my parents did not have the money for a camera. Like Damn. cameras were not <laughs> like as ubiquitous as they are even even, you know, in the mid 90s, you know. Right. Yeah, like, it took that, a long time for cameras to be like a, a widely owned object, right? So, uh, so it's so it's it's 1982. Here's how you send a picture: you take a pic, you own a ca- one own a camera, uh, which already throttles like you know 20 percent of the population, right? Uh, you take the picture, you get it developed. That's a trip to uh, a you know like a CVS, and then right. you have to wait an hour for it to get developed. You get the picture. And then you have to make another trip to the post office to mail it to mail it to Activision, right? But here's what they would do: is they, the developers would say, "Okay, you have uh, there's there's we have this threshold for a um, for like a, an achievement. I don't know what they called it at the time, but it was like you get this high score, you take a picture of the screen, you send it to us with your return address, and we will send you something, right? And uh, in this first instance." It was uh, a, a patch, like an iron-on patch. That's so pretty like, cool, right? Yeah, super cool, right? So, so this kind of thing, uh, sort of, and and I was unable to find the name of the game. Um, I mean, they I better that. give you something good for all that effort you have to go to send to the damn right? thing. Yeah, you better get something, you know, uh, physical, I suppose. But. It's um here. Let me see if I can find the name of the game. Uh, Origin is a. Well, why do okay. you think about that? Yeah, I was, was also going to say that. Um, yeah, it, it wow, that is very cool. Yeah, it doesn't give an ex- an exact game. It just says uh, any any Activision game that was uh, published for Atari Twenty Six Hundred and Television, the Fifty Two Hundred, or the Commodore Sixty Four. Oh, really? Um, any. So that means there could be multiple games we're talking about here. There could be multiple games, but it started in 1982. Uh, I'm not seeing like a, a – sp- I think it might have been all Activision games published in that era. Jeez. Uh, but it said by the end of 1983, um, Activision's new games no longer included them. Uh, but they still honored this system for the older games. So uh, this, this was like – Because realized this is a lot of money and time. They were – yeah, maybe maybe more people had cameras in 1982 than we thought. <laughs> maybe my parents just <laughs> didn't didn't care. I don't know. <laughs> they were like, screw that. They were like, we're whatever. Movies. Yeah. But but yeah, so so you, you had a point you wanted to make? Well, yeah, I was going to say in general that this whole thing, this whole achievements thing has become 
quite a debate. Less so now, because there's a lot of other crazy stuff that's become a debate in the gaming world. But it, it, it definitely has been a debate, um, because particularly in the heat of the 360 era, when you really had like the achievement horrors running around. Well, this is this is uh, this all showed up alongside uh, achievements being made public and alongside a unified account. So right. between 1982 and 2005, uh, lots of games had achievements, but they were just in-game achievements. You know, like you could um, uh, you could unlock another ending in an RPG by getting all the characters, or you know, um, you could unlock another. Uh, it, like back in back in the day, the old platformers, like they they would tell you how much percentage of the game you had completed, right? And you had to like right. sometimes you could go back and be like, this was all this was all personal. But at the end of the day, it was dictated by the publisher, right? right. So you don't had, forget Metal Gear too. Yeah. So you know th- these these things were all dictated by the by the publisher still, but they were all in game. They were for your own satisfaction if you were you know a perfectionist or if, uh, OCD or you just really loved the game. It didn't matter. Nobody saw it but you. But it was still like a fun thing that was pretty common up until two thousand five, and then you know they continued to be common, but they were instead. Uh, out of game, they they had they they were translated. They became their own metagame. Exactly, that's that's what it became. It, it, they sort of became their own metagame. So in two thousand and six, when did it, when did the Xbox three hundred and sixty launch? Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Oh my god! I know. Jesus. I know. Oh <laughs> yeah, November twenty second, two thousand five. Yeah. Oh my it, god. It, oh my it all it it just recently had its uh tenth birthday. Tenth birthday. The three sixty is, is now old enough to be in elementary school. No, nah, dude, middle school. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's about to be middle school. <laughs> <laughs> my three sixty, he's grown up so fast. Yeah, three sixty is about to hit puberty. Yeah. Although I uh, a lot of them uh uh died in childhood. Yeah, we're gonna have to pour several forties. Several forties. I'm on. I, I think I'm on. I think this is like my fourth Xbox 360. But anyway, uh, with the launch of the 360, uh, alongside the launch of the 360 was was the achievement system, right? So this is 2005. Yep. In 2007, Steam launched its uh, achievement system. And uh, it's it's like a leveling system that was tied to how many achievements you got. And um, in 2008, Sony uh, debuted trophies. Yeah, Sony debuted the trophy system, which was uh, identical, but instead of a, a point, uh, instead of a point total. Like for uh, for Xbox, you got uh, tr- you got trophies, and then the more difficult the achievement, the different uh, cast of trophy. Uh, they have you know bronze, silver, gold, and then you got a platinum trophy if you completed all of the achievements in a game, which I thought was very cool. And they still yeah, I was that. gonna say um, a I like that you used the word cast, and b that I actually like Sony's implementation of it the best because I, I agree. of that. I agree. Yeah, because of the. Uh, the differentiation and, you know, designation of importance. Right. Because if you get that platinum trophy, you're like... <laughs> oh, you're hot shit, dude. Yeah, you're hot shit. And it's not like with the Xbox achievements, yeah, the big ones are worth 50 gamer score, but 
it doesn't immediately jump out at a potential viewer like having a platinum trophy does. Right. It's fairly the, – the point totals are fairly arbitrary, I think. Right. And you're limited to 1,000 per game. And well, they it, stop that now. Really? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, because there some exceptions, every time people the, expanded the game, they added more. Right, yeah, that's true. Like, DLC content will usually add, like, 250 points that you could conceivably get. It's a little clunky, and I wish they would uh, f- fix it, I guess, but at this point they can't because it's all tied to the thing. I mean, they could, maybe. Um, but anyway, in 2008, Sony debuted the trophy system, and uh, World of Warcraft uh, debuted their achievement system. Now, the cool thing about uh, World of Warcraft, and I don't know, I don't know if Sony did this, although it seemed like they may have been able to, but at the same time, I'm not really sure. Uh, what WoW did was uh, anything that you had completed prior to the achievement system being debuted mm-hmm. that was an achievement, you got credit for. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, because everything was tied to your character. Like anything that could possibly be done in the game was already tied to your character. So if you had completed a dungeon uh, from like vanilla WoW, Right. And, you know, that was an achievement. You didn't have to go back and do it again. I think I think there were a few that were not able to be translated for whatever reason, but um, a lot of them were. So I, when, when um, yeah, when that debuted, I had been playing WoW for like three years already because I started playing it shortly after launch. So I, I had, like, <sighs> then they, and they debuted with 749 achievements and they didn't they didn't do a point system there was just like you've completed like this percentage of achievements right which is they debuted with 749 that's outrageous they debuted with 749 and then they they've obviously been adding more i have no clue what they're up to now but see this that and that system i find is uh probably just as reductionist as the gamer score thing because it doesn't differentiate which one is harder to get than the other right Right. Um, oh, they don't do any differentiation at all. I don't remember it. They they might they may have changed it again. I, I haven't played World of Warcraft in God six years, Oof. so you know it. it who knows? It, it's like uh, they're like a they're like a relative that moved, and I never heard from them again. <laughs> so like who knows? Like I know they're alive, but I don't know what they're doing. Right. I don't know what they I don't know what they look like anymore. We haven't been keeping in touch. So right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, and that's 2008. So by 2008, um, it was pretty much, it was pretty much locked in as a thing. Right. And, you know, three more years go by, still nothing from Nintendo. And then they release a 3DS and they say, no, 3DS isn't going to have it. But now that they have, uh, all of the, you know, tools be, you know, the, the last major piece being the unified account system. It, right. it seems like an exciting. It seems like an exciting thing. Now, the when in that three year period, I would say probably in that three year period, and then maybe like a year or two afterwards, uh, between achievements being debuted in their current iteration by Microsoft, and maybe a year or two after uh, WoW and Sony did their own achievement system. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion over what the purpose is and is it a good thing or is it a bad thing and why is it a good thing and why is it a bad thing? And it really is subjective because like you said, uh, you don't need to pay attention to it at all. You don't. 
Yo, I am just, going to throw a wrinkle in here do because um, one thing that I don't think is talked about enough is that I am, though I have yet to see actual reports of this, probably for good reason, but I'm very sure that Microsoft debuted this at all uh, to say to, um, to developers, hey, we got a great way to collect data for you. Because notice two things. One, that achievements always have a lot of low-hanging fruit, which is pretty much every time you complete some portion of the game, whether a chapter, level, whatever it is, you get an achievement for it. Yeah. Uh, and this, I believe, is one, yeah, it makes people feel good. Ooh, I unlocked something. Yeah, cool. But it also is a way of letting developers know how far people are getting through the game. Because think about this, too. In the 360 era, one of the big things that became a thing is the whole idea of game developers really combing through player statistics, like aggregate player statistics. Oh, yeah. Like people reporting, okay, this amount of people finished the game. You know, this amount of people, Mm -hmm. Massive Bioware and Mass Effect, uh, they went completely crazy and they reported a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. Like, this percentage of the player base played as a man, this percentage played as a woman, this percentage finished the game, this percentage finished the game on hard mode, etc., etc., etc. Right. I'm pretty sure most of that data is gleaned through the achievement system. Right, and a cool thing a cool thing with the trophy system that uh, Sony has is it tells you how what percentage of the players have unlocked that specific achievement, which I like because you can do your own research, and one person uh, on, on Reddit actually went like uh, maybe like a week or two after um, after Fallout came out and saw that either either on Steam or on uh, PlayStation 4 that only a certain percentage of people got the first achievement, which was like leaving the vault, right? So it was like, uh, oh, you know, uh, there are like 22% of all people who have this game haven't left the vault yet, like are still on the character creation screen or whatever, like a week after the game came out. So, you know, like the, the, ad, the addition of the percentages of players who have completed that achievement, I think is very cool because it allows you to be your own, uh, like game researcher. Yeah. And I mean, the applications of this have actually been, I think a pretty big deal because now you have all these developers thinking about that's when game length, for example, became a really huge debate because that, that's something that really only became like a big debate in the last like 10 years. Because now you had developers saying, okay, well, what is the right balance between, you know, how much you paid versus how much game you get out of it? Because you distinctly have the two camps of the people who are like, this game, I, you know, I paid $60 for my game. You better give me as much game as you motherfuckers possibly can. Mm-hmm. And the other camp being, well, you know what? I'd rather pay $60 for an amazing, mind-blowing eight hours than a grind fest crappy 120. Right. And there's merit on both sides, but this yeah. is the kind of thing, and that's a whole other debate we can get into later, but um, there, there's a whole wealth of data just like that that having an achievement system allows developers access to, which is all the more reason I find it interesting that Nintendo has been so kind of eh about putting it in. Because you'd think that in their attempt to get whatever, you know, they're bending over backward to scrape up what little third-party support they can. Why not have that 
at least be able to say, hey, we can get you more data on your players, you know? Right. I, it, it, it seems to serve the developers and the publishers just as much as it does the players. And, you know, the the, the biggest complaint from the player side, I think, was, uh, was oh, this is, this is just another way for players to, like, you know, have, like, this e-penis, right? Like, ways for them to feel themselves. Like, oh, I gotta, like, hire gamers. Like, people don't really do that anymore, but I think that was, like, a big... Uh, oh, that absolutely was a huge thing. That was that was a thing that I think people were worried about, but I don't, I don't, I, I didn't, at least not now. Like maybe when it first debuted, yeah, but like now, I don't really see like you know my friend who has more gamer score points than me and think to myself, oh man, like I gotta, I really gotta put in more hours to do this and get more. You know, yeah, nobody gives a shit about that, right? But. For your own purpose, it is cool to see, and that's why they have like entire, you know, uh, websites dedicated to achievement hunting. And achievement hunting in itself is a is a fun thing. And I don't know why, you know, it it, it doesn't seem to be a valid argument to say like, oh, okay, well, like this thing that's existed in game for so long is now, um, you know, to be scoffed at because it's public. Um, I think that. I think that ultimately what I like the best about achievements is that for personal reasons, it gives me a very, uh, it gives me a really great way to track everything that I've done, uh, in that like uh, console family's lifespan. Right. Yeah. It, it really is a good way to, particularly the way that 360 has it because you can just go straight to your profile and see like your entire game collection and, everything that's, uh, you know, outstanding, which in my case is like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and like, and what I, what I really liked that you could do in, um, in, uh, the three, in the, not the 360, in Xbox One, is that you could, um, you could create a showcase of your favorite achievements. Right? Yes. Yes, and, yes, yes. And I, I love the fact that even though it was back in the 360 era, I got the achievement for completing all of the trials for Super Street Fighter 4. That was that took like an entire winter break my my sophomore year of college. Like that took so much time and so much patience on my part. I spent hours trying to get that achievement. And you know, it finally dinged and it was like here's your 40 gamer score points and I was like, you know, I felt good, but then I was like, man, I wish I had something better, but now I can actually put that achievement out and it'll be like, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, um, like the background picture for Facebook. What's that thing called? Your cover photo? Yeah. It's like a cover. You can make it like a cover photo for your, for your, uh, profile on Xbox, which I think is very cool. So, you know, I, I'm just thinking about that really quick. You reminded me of going real fast back to World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like a kind of a, I'm not sure if they've done this, but and I doubt it, but a uh, kind of a missed opportunity, I would definitely say, is if they haven't found a way to make some like little little actual in-game trophy for each of those achievements that you can display in some, you know, ridiculous uh, case somewhere in your, you know, in whatever property you may have, which would, I think that'd be really cool. That would be cool. I mean, there's, there's so much that you can do with it, and... I mean, I, I maybe WoW does have something like that now. I, As a matter of fact, I now I think about it, actually Sony with uh, PlayStation Home. Remember that? I do remember PlayStation Home. Recently deceased. Yeah, re- 
recently deceased PlayStation <laughs> Home, I believe, did actually have a virtual trophy room. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, a good thing. I, like, you can do with it whatever you want, and whether whether people are going to, you know, use it as a as a uh, as like another venue for bragging rights is, you know, not really. Didn't I? I don't think it panned out to be as as much of a thing as people were afraid it was going to be. Right? Yeah, I mean, achievements in general are like at this point pretty whatever. Yeah, they're just they, – they need to be there because I, I want to see all the things that I've – and, you know, Nintendo does have a way for you to see, uh, like, how – you know, when the last time you played a game was. They have the activity log, right? Right. In all their systems. So Which, by the way, quick, can we cool. have a quick aside on that? Yeah. The activity log is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I like the activity log. I love the activity log. I wish every system had the activity log because – it instantly gives me. I mean, Steam sort of has it. At least we're having the hour account on every game. Yeah, but the, the hour I love the fact scary. that it gives you the hour account, and you can see, like, you get breakdowns by day of what you played most, what you played least. Right. You know what days of the week you play. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Because I mean, they said they put it in as a way for parents to monitor how much time their children are spending in the system, which is very smart. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's great just for me because I see areas if I if I see myself spending too much time, I'm like, okay, let's let's throw all that back. Oh, not me. I mean, I I get here's the thing. I I'm much more uh it's I'm much more likely to be proud of a like a trophy or an achievement system like system than I am to see like just an hour count. Because I'll look at an hour count and be like, oh my god. But if I see like, oh, but I platinum to this game, then I'm like, oh hell yeah, dude, definitely. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, that hour count, I don't even need to look at it. Nah, don't even show it to me because I'll be embarrassed. But like, I got a platinum. <laughs> like, so it's I, I don't it know. Depends. It's, it's kind like of Smash like Smash Brothers. I'm very proud of the hour count. Well, yeah, I mean, what we did uh, the the day it came out, we logged like 15 and a half hours on your system. Oh, glorious. And I'm so <laughs> one of my only regrets in life yeah. is that my first Wii died before I could take a picture of the hour count that we racked up playing on um playing on Brawl. Yeah. For those folks listening that don't know, when Snacks and I were both in college and Brawl came out and I got a hold of that game, it was a total free for all in our dorm. I'm talking the weed did not go off for days at a time. Yeah, it was a... Um, it was disgusting. It was sort of like... Uh, it, I can't really... It, I can't really describe it any other way. Like, you and your roommate sort of just, like, took turns, like, looking around, like, keeping watch. But it was just, like, the community we Like, people were just coming in and out, like, at all hours of the day and the night. Non-stop. Non-stop. It was a marathon of brawl. It was it was uh, wild, man. Like you got to understand, like Smash was huge in our uh, in our circle of friends and in our you know extended circle and in of our friends. college in our college in general. But you know, in our extended circle of friends, and then like in the dorm building as a whole. And so Smash was going on all the time anyway. And this was the first Smash to come out in like six or. Seven nearly years, a decade. Nearly a decade. 
So it was, uh, it was a big deal, man. It really was. And say what you want about Brawl when it, when it came out, it was like a ton of fun and we were just happy to have like a fresh smash to play and we did not stop playing it. That was the, that's like the closest I can, well, that, that entire year, frankly, was like video game drunkenness. Yeah. <laughs> like that was, those are eras when you stop playing the game and you're like, what have I done? Yeah, like you look at the clock and you're like sort of upset at how much time has passed, but then you're like, at this point, it there's no point in stopping. Yeah, we, we the sunk cost fallacy was very much in effect. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But yeah, so like they have the activity log, but I would I would like to see like some sort of like because you don't get an achievement for playing a game for a hundred hours. You know, you just feel bad about yourself. I wish that they had like actually Smash is an achievement for having right. America. That's yeah, Smash does, but that's just like at this point, I think that's just like uh, a consolation. That's because they know they know their fan base. They know their fan base, and it's it's like this weird consolation, but it's in game still. You know, like right. they 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 really sh- this is something that they really should get on. And um, if you don't have anything more to add about achievements, I think one of the smartest things or one of the one of the most interesting takes I've seen on achievements, and I think this is something that Nintendo could possibly um, implement in some way. It's weird because uh, one of the one of the most interesting takes I've heard about achievements is uh, by the um, the community around um, Europa Universalis Four. Who you know the my earlier this year adventures with yeah your your adventure in Santa Masca my my <laughs> yeah um my my expedition in the world of sadomasochism uh the book is coming out next year yeah the tell all on my yeah the tell all is coming out of my journeys but I spent a lot of time you know on the forums and on the subreddit because. You know, I, need, I, I needed all the help I could get. I couldn't figure out how anybody was doing anything in this game. And one of the most interesting things about this game is that is the achievements, right? There are uh, almost 300 achievements in the game. Uh, and I've beaten the game. I've completed, um, I've completed a campaign and I've gotten very close with other campaigns. And I've put about 100 hours into the game, but uh, I've only unlocked... Uh, 12 or 13 of these achievements, right? Right. Most of the achievements require you to go like way above and beyond, uh, you know, any intermediate level of skill, right? They're completely arbitrary, ridiculous tasks that require you to do, uh, that require you to probably practice, just practice for about 20 to 50 hours with one single nation until you can figure out how to get to the point where the, the one achievement that they have for that nation could be unlocked. Right. And it's, I, I read a discussion about it on the subreddit and they were talking about, okay, what is, what is even the point of this? Right. Like what, like why would they even ask us to do any of these things? And why would there be so many, Right. And somebody said something along the lines of, uh, this is a, uh, this is not a list of tasks for you to complete because that would be insane. Right. What this is, is a, um, 
sort of like a like a guideline to to sort of point you in the direction of how you should be playing this game for your own personal benefit, right? You can play the game and complete a campaign and, you know, quote, finish and then be done with it. But if you really like the game and you really want to do more things to challenge yourself once you've gotten really good at it, you know, you can you can sort of um, take these achievements, these like ridiculous tasks that would take, you know, dozens of hours to complete just single ones, just single uh, achievements and say, okay, I see what they did here. Let me see if I can do something similar with this other nation, right? It's not an achievement, but like, it'd be cool if I could do this, right? right. Remember, if you could, if you remember any, anything of the things I was saying about the game back in, back when I was playing it is that it, uh, it's this weird historical simulator. So like, if you were to say like, oh, you know, it would be really cool if, um, you know, there were there like this important historical event didn't happen, and this nation, Nation X, were was allowed to like run rampant over uh, Region Y, right? Uh, let me do this. It might be funny or cool, or it might be impossible because it, it's it does a really good job of preventing you from doing things that did not happen in history, right? Like so, having the Swiss Army's empire. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like if you wanted to pick Switzerland and say, okay, instead of being neutral or whatever and staying in my little pocket of Central Europe, I'm going to uh, become the Holy Roman Emperor. I'm going to dissolve the Holy Roman Empire. And then I'm going to, you know, just one by one snipe all of the, you know, remaining, you know, uh, duchies and kingdoms and become this gigantic part of Europe, right? Like you can do this, but... You know the the sum, the summarization of this point was they were everybody was sort of in agreement that the achievements that were actually listed out by the developer were not meant for you to actually complete. They were the game was built in a way, and the achievements laid out by the developers were their hint at this concept is that the the, the game was built in a way for you to create your own achievements and do them as you see fit. And the, oh. the subreddit actually does a really great job of this whenever somebody wants to do something um, that they would think would be like interesting or cool in a historical sense. They'll try to do it in the game and say, uh, I was able to do this or no, this is fucking impossible. <laughs> and they'll, they'll do like entire play logs. Like they'll take pictures of when they took over this province or, you know, when they lost this battle or whatever. And they'll be like, this is how it happened. Uh, if somebody can do better by all means, but, uh, you know, this is, I, I made it happen or I didn't make it happen. And there are these weird, like they they've, they've sort of fostered, I think it's a paradox interactive. They've sort of fostered, found a way to foster their own like community achievement, uh, concept where you can say, okay, well, all these people are paying attention to everybody else's game because everybody's interested in how everybody else is doing all of these things. Right. Um, you know, make your own achievements, you know, we'll, we'll give you a couple to like try, but you know, there are way too many of them and they're way too difficult. Do your own thing. I thought that was, um, a very interesting take. And then if, you know, I, I think Nintendo might be one of the more, um, likely, uh, companies to implement this type of thing, but on like a much, uh, broader basis. Possibly. I mean, that's a good 
good thought because Nintendo games in general tend to lean far more to the arcade style anyway. Yeah. So uh, I think they'd lend themselves well to kind of, uh, well, everybody's just going to look at what everybody else is doing and we'll kind of all decide what was really cool from that. Yeah. I mean, if you think about something like Super Mario Maker, right? The entire game is essentially built, built around that concept. Exactly. Uh, right. Hey, we have what ideas do you guys have and throw them all out there. Right. And you know, it, it's just like, okay, yeah, you want to, um, you want an achievement? Like, uh, I got your achievement right here. See if you can beat this fucking level. It's impossible. <laughs> you know, Basically. Like, you know, and then, you, but do they in Mario make in Super Mario Maker have a, a way for you to, um, like, do you get some sort of, uh, like virtual object when you complete a level or do you just well, do as it? a matter of fact, if you finished a hundred Mario challenge, uh-huh. which is, you know, when you go through a gauntlet of 16 levels that are randomly picked from the, the ether of Mario maker levels. Right. Uh, if you complete that, they give you one of the, um, the mystery mushroom costumes, which are the, the costumes that Mario can change into, which are, bunch of different Nintendo characters. Mm-hmm. So that is, in a certain sense, a kind of achievement. Because, I mean, in any other game, mid-2015, if you com- at the very least, the first time you complete the Mario Challenge, you would get an achievement for it. Right. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's sort of one that you could say is a... Uh, right, and if, and if you know, they're going to do it with, a, with a, a type of game where the, the challenges are user-created... And they could attach an achievement to, you know, something that is user created, like say, oh, like, you know, complete, uh, like complete a level that only, uh, you know, that less than 10% of the, uh, Super Mario Maker player population has completed. That would be really cool. And then you get something because it'll be like, okay, here you get, you get an achievement, but you can do uh, whichever one of these levels that, you know, less than 10% of the player population completed. And we didn't make it. Somebody else right. did. So it's it's entirely user-generated, but you still get some sort of, you know, uh, uh, public recognition for it. You get uh, you get a costume or you get like a, a, a trophy or a point or however they were to – however they w- would uh, implement a, an achievement system if they were to do it. So it would be the best of both worlds. Right. And there's actually, that one would be cool because it, it'll uh, kind of goad people toward playing levels that haven't really been touched as much. Um, right. But then there's a wrinkle to that I can add also, which is they could also have an achievement for uh, completing a level that less than 10% of people who've attempted the level have done. That's what Because I, there's already a ton of those. That's what I meant. Oh well, there's there's both. It's still it still worked out the way you said it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they could they could do the they way you said it for... is more of a discovery thing. But what right. we both had in mind is, uh, yeah, it would be a very interesting, like straight up challenge mode. Yeah. Because you know you have all these highly sadistic creators mm-hmm. that have made these outrageous levels that if you go on the game now, I'm not even kidding. You'll see like. 17 out of 350,000 have completed the level. It, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. 
you know yeah, so, so so for a game you, like for a game like that you know they could be a little bit more creative for a game like um you know like whatever the next you know super mario world game is it would it wouldn't be as um as community driven you know because they would just be like you know beat the game get all the stars whatever like these are you know your your like typical adventure game platformer achievements but for you know they could they could get they could get creative and uh with achievements like what i just laid out in in super mario maker and if there's anything that nintendo's good at it's being creative so yeah i'm sure as we said in the beginning of this discussion Whenever they get around to doing an achievement implementation, I'm sure it's going to be widely lauded as, if not the best one, at the very least, the most interesting implementation. Right. Because they're going to come with some off-the-wall concept, which is, which, at the end of the day, honestly, maybe why we haven't seen it yet is that they were trying to hammer out a, a unique concept for it. Yeah, that's true. I, that, that sounds like more likely because you know, again, they, they are not opposed to it. Yeah. They, they never, they never want to do anything by everybody else's book anyway. Right. Uh, and you know, for better or for worse. Right. And when, when they do do something that everybody else is doing, they, and everybody seems to be accepting, they want to make sure that they do it correctly. Um, so in their own fashion, right. So it, it does seem like, it does seem like it's a possibility uh, I would very much like to see it happen. I don't think that any of the the doomsday scenarios that people had played out uh, on the dawn of the modern day achievement have panned out. Um, I just think it's like uh, just like a fun and useful tool more than anything else nowadays. And I think now that in, with the direction that Nintendo is going in, it just seems like it's on the horizon. And I would I very agree. much like to see it. I would I would bet on seeing some form of it in the NX. Because it seems like they are really trying to get their ducks in a row mm-hmm. for this next like generation of gaming. So I would I would definitely place my bets on having one in there. Not a huge amount of money, but I'd place a bet on it. Yeah. Um, now with that though, yeah, I do actually have something I want to ask you about before we wrap this whole thing. Up. Ask ask away. So as I mentioned to you. Uh, the Game Awards is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, so, of course, we have to have the obligatory predictions moment. Okay. So there's like a billion categories, but I'm just going to pick three. Okay. Uh, for Game of the Year, mm-hmm. they have nominated... This is, a, by the way, a, another point of controversy we can talk about next week. Yeah. Uh, the, the nominees. But the nominees are Bloodborne. Okay. Fallout 4. Uh-huh. MGS5, mm-hmm. Super Mario Maker, and The Witcher 3. Predict- um, now, I'll say to you, what do you want to win? And who do you think is going to win? Of those five, who would I, who, what would I want to win? Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, it would probably be, uh, it would probably be a toss-up between MGS5 and Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured you were going to say that. What I think is going to win probably, uh, probably Bloodborne, uh, Bloodborne or Witcher. Probably The Witcher Three. I think I think it's going to go to The Witcher Three. I think that The Witcher Three is going to be of of those games the least contested. 
because everybody is, uh, there was no beef and there were no hiccups, right? And everybody who played it liked it. And I think more people played it than did, uh, all of the other games. Except Fallout 4. Well, Fallout 4 is still early. Fallout 4 is too early. And we've already seen like the classic Bethesda, uh, like glitch fest, Thing, That's true, right? And Fallout Four to me never never seems like game of the year material, or like the like the the, the Bethesda games never seem like uh, game of the year material because they're the people that cut your head off for that comment. But go well, on. well, I'm not saying that they aren't good games because they are they are great games. But the the point of them is for like um, like customization and tinkering purposes, right? Mm-hmm. Like the story of Fallout has been told before. It's Fallout Four, right? Right. I think that um, when when they try to pick the best, right, they're going to look for um, they're they're not they're looking they're probably looking for like the best developer. You, if you know what I mean, like yeah. they're not going to pick um, like they're, like they're not going to pick Bloodborne, even though everybody loved it and it was great because it wasn't for everybody like you they need to pick like a game that is for everybody but still serves the singular purpose of just being a good video game right fallout right. 4 is for everybody but it's it's purpose is a little bit obscured by the by the modding community and by you know um other things right i, I think they're gonna go with the witcher 3 just because it at, at its at its very core it is just a good video game and everybody has nothing but praise or everybody this whole year, everybody had nothing but praise for CD project red. And I think that just, just by being like the, the best good guy, uh, Witcher three and CD project red is, is going to win. Well, I couldn't put that better myself. And so, yeah, my, to answer both of those questions for myself, both are also the Witcher three. Mm hmm. And I would also add who should win is The Witcher 3. Okay. For all the reasons that you just said. So you want Witcher 3 to win and you think Witcher 3 is going to win. For correct. Okay. And I think it should win. Right. Because, um, yeah, all the reasons you said. They, they're absolutely fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Staggering scope. Yep. Great narrative. No hiccups. No nonsense. The developers clearly had their fan base in mind. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely fantastic. All that free DLC and everything, like all it, that free DLC, it, yeah, everything about that experience and that project just completely came together in the most fantastic fashion. Yeah. So of those five, definitely would give the nod to that. Uh, the runner up, I, I can actually rank these in my mind, even though I haven't played two of them. I can still rank the rest. Uh, one, which are three. Two would be MGS5, mm-hmm. three would be Mario Maker, uh, four Fallout, and five Bloodborne. In and terms of in terms of how they're they're gonna pan out for voting. I think, yeah, assuming that, you know, there's a big voting block here. That's mm-hmm. how I would that's how in my mind it should play out. Okay. Um MGS five would be two because it is a monumental rethink of the entire MGS saga. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and on is. top of which you know, the, the goodbye for Kojima, blah, 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 all that stuff we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's pretty good. It's, it's not as good as, it's not as good of a feel good story as uh, Witcher 3, though. No, it's not. And it's not as good as a feel good story, but 
it definitely, as far as a, a as a work, it's extremely good. Um, it's if revolutionary, not necessarily. It's not revolutionary for the game world, except maybe the opening. The opening is oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. Like that opening. If that was like, I want people to even if people never play that the rest of that game, people need to just experience the first hour. It was something else, man. It. Re- I was like the whole time. I was like, yo, is this the is this the game? Is this the whole game? It's it's nuts, dude. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, after I played that, suddenly I understood why people were so heartbroken over uh, the horror project falling through. Yeah. Because yeah. you could see where they would definitely have gone with that. Movie. Oh, definitely, and even even beyond that, there were some there were some parts in the game that were actually scary. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what else? There was yeah, yeah. Real, just real. Finish that thing real quick. Mario Maker Three, because uh, similar to MGS Five, a total blowing open of the doors for Nintendo. Uh, and also, I might add, I think probably the strongest and most polished. Uh, user-generated content game we've yet seen. Uh, yeah, I think that's an understatement. Yeah, because the, they really just knocked it out of the park with that one. Mm-hmm. There were some hitches that they are rapidly correcting with it, but even so, it's just a fantastic, fantastic game. Yeah. Uh, Fallout 4 is, you know, giant upgrade to the Fallout series, but of course it gets dings for the things you said being, you know, Bethesda shit. Yeah, and Bethesda Bloodborne, shit. You know, from everything I've seen, is absolutely amazing and all. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's a. Well, I hate to even sound reductionist about it, but it is kind of more Dark Souls. That's what I was gonna say. It's it's just Dark Souls, and that's not knocking Dark Souls. I love Dark Souls. Everyone loves Dark Souls, but that's the thing is like everybody doesn't love Dark Souls. Like it's not for everybody. It's not. It's not as. Um, it's not as pick up and play as the Witcher three is like, you don't need to play Witcher one and two. Um, but for you to pick up and play Bloodborne, like you need, you need to be familiar with, you know, this like revolutionary concept in like an action beat em up that, that from software has created with this series. You can't just, you can't just play it. Like you have to learn it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Bloodborne's probably great, but I, I just don't think it is. Uh, it, it, I don't think it sticks out enough as a new thing, and I don't think it uh, is as. I, I don't want to say. I mean, it, we're talking about an award show here, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. Like, I don't think it's as user friendly as like an award show would like it for it to be. Right. So that's pro- that's probably why it's fourth. Yeah, that makes sense. Or fifth. Now, um, I was going to ask you, developer of the year, but developer of the year is just all the people who developed the games we just talked about. So it's pretty much going to be same ranking. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be CD Projekt Red. Yeah. That, that has to be, it's gotta be, it's gotta if be not Nintendo Red. needs to win because they're Nintendo. Anyway, yep. uh, <laughs> the other two, I'll quickly ask you, uh, they best indie game again, controversy. Ooh, what's nominated? Axiom Verge, first story or in the blind forest, rocket league and undertale. Uh, it's going to be rocket league or undertale. I agree. Uh, I have a feeling everybody's saying Undertale should win. Yep. Uh, in fact, one of the things we'll talk about next week is that people said that it's total bullshit that Undertale was actually not, not named, eh, not nominated for Game of the Year. Yeah, 
I, I've heard this. I've heard the same argument. I've heard the same argument. Um, what's the What's the third What's the third one? And the third one got to go down. But oh yeah, because because we talk about this all the time. They have the best shooter category. So I wanted to ask you that one. Best shooter. Uh, what's, best shooter. Uh, so, Halo Five, Battlefront. What that's else? That's two of them. Yep. What else? COD Black of Three. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Destiny Taken King. Uh huh. And Splatoon. Oh snap! Hey, some some Splatoon love in there. All right, some Splatoon love is in there. Listen, if Splatoon wins Shooter of the Year, it, I'm gonna I, like I'm gonna completely lose my shit. Um, Which it damn well should. It, it it should, but I I think Halo Five is gonna win. Um, You're Halo, probably Halo really Five is gonna win over like Destiny. Um, you know what? Maybe not. I, it. This one, this one's really up in the air because it, it it totally depends on what you're looking for. Because we're not looking at um, five like COD co- clones here. We're looking right. at like five. Well, we're looking at like three completely different concepts. Right. Right. So I, I would say actually, yeah, the, the, the list they picked for this is actually pretty good. Oh yeah, it's and that's totally hard to pick. I mean, Destiny Destiny is is good if that's what you're looking for and if you've if you've been patient with it and spent the time and have like, you know, are are involved in the community, it's probably one of the best uh MMOs of its type. You know, but that being said, uh Battlefront so that, when you say it like that, then I think to myself, it almost doesn't belong in the shooter category. You know what? It it uh, I mean, this is why we got to stop classifying games just in every, uh, this is why this is exactly why, but, um, it does belong in the shooter category because if there's one thing that Bungie did absolutely extravagantly right from the get go, it was the PVP mode, which was, which was just shooting. Um, that was like easily the most fun, like, like jump in and play game mode of all of them, even though you weren't allowed to jump in and play it until you reached level 10, but. Um, Which is fair, but then against the rest of these, that pales by comparison. So it's right, because like, it has this really entire like other game attached to it, right? And I mean, I guess like, so do all the other ones, they have, they have their campaigns and everything, but uh, I'm going to say, uh, Halo 5 is the best Halo since Halo 3, um, Battlefront is very fun. Uh, Splatoon is groundbreaking. Uh, Destiny is uh, now uh, a very good game. Uh, and COD, no. <laughs> Not COD. I think – I don't even know why it's on. It's on there because it, is, it, it has to be because it's Call of Duty, but it, does, it's, it doesn't need to be on there. It's not going to win. It can't, even, it can't even hold a candle to any of those other four games. It can't. Yeah, I mean it didn't get – particularly great reviews from either players or it's probably a good call of duty game, but that isn't saying much anymore, mm. especially when you're going up against Splatoon and destiny and halo five. Like these are, these are good. Uh, these are good shooters that have changed their formula and we're not going to go down a, like a cod hate rabbit hole because call of duty is like, a because per- we don't have Justin here because we don't have Justin here. And you know, cod is a perfectly good, like, pvp shooter you know for you to consume while on heroin but like you know it's <laughs> you know like if you've taken quaaludes and you want to play a shooter you know like you can take before bill cosby rapes you yeah, but, 
<laughs> like, yeah, I mean, if you've been drunk by Bill Cosby, but you've got a couple of minutes, like if you want to cut and chill with Bill Cosby. <laughs> Okay, now we need to end the episode. <laughs> now we need to end. The On that episode. note, We're, we've gone we've gone too far. Um, so, uh, video video game um, video game awards is tomorrow. Watch that. We will be talking about the winners and the losers, and just all being sorts all sorts of stuff next week when we go over it. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, Frog and snack signing off. Later, folks. Peace.